0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle.
1: The breakfast brief on Money FM 89.3. MoneyFM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. As far as we know, this week's going to be a big week as far as the economic calendar is concerned. The Fed set to meet for their two-day meeting starting later today. But China is in focus for quite a number of reasons. For one, Ryan, we've been talking about their shift in this zero-COVID policy stance. I mean, it's still zero-COVID, but it's kind of opening up at the same time. And what happens when you open up? case numbers go up.
0: That's right. And when you talk about opening up China, it is almost like floodgates bursting. So this is where you've got that adjustment issue, that transition phase that they really have to be very careful about because right now it appears to be sparking quite a bit of confusion on the ground and as you pointed out, case numbers are now spiking for various reasons because those people on the ground are not prepared to manage how things will play out. People going to the stores, no, just being must-up or not and also the hospital measures as well as capacity have not been fully thought out as well because what happens is when the case numbers go up, the people working in hospitals might also get sick and also the delivery riders also get sick. So all these issues just compound themselves and just make things worse when it comes to having to deal with the new
1: normal, I guess. So, as an investor, what's the temptation here? I mean, I'm looking at mm. China and I'm going, oh wow, exciting optimism reopening. Wait a minute, is there a need for me to manage the short-term expectations? I think that's a very good point, right? When
0: you look at all the headlines in recent days, it's been very optimistic of sorts around the reopening story, how China is easing up on measures, and we've seen in the past few weeks, markets in Hong Kong and on mainland China responding in kind. So that is now unwinding and investors taking profit off the table as you see now negative headlines coming forth. And this is seeing the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index down 3% on Monday mm. after a jump of 7.3% oh, wow. last week. And among the biggest drags were technology stocks like Meituan Dumpting and Alibaba Group. So that's no surprise when you think about the
1: potential impact on all these uh, employees they have. Yeah, Uh, I mean, obviously, when you look at the situation in China and they're going through what uh, a lot of us have gone through, sort of trying to manage or mitigate hospitals, you know, dealing with the surge in cases, media, health officials trying to make sure that the right message is gotten across. Basically, you've got a case of managing disruption.
0: Yeah, also managing data as well, because Hmm. on many fronts, it does not seem to be very very coherent, transparent and any other word that goes with it. Because right now, going by case numbers, it suggests that what is happening on the ground is many times what the government is reporting. So there is this disconnect around what people are expecting and to some extent what the hospital is expecting as well and managing what actually is happening on the ground. Because when you look at what is on the ground, anecdotally, reports are suggesting that there are super long lines queuing up for the hospital clinics and whatnot all the uh, infrastructure is just being strained by wow. the yes in, in some form as well panic a lot of people just jamming up the hotlines reserved for the more critical cases so all of that is just uh, causing quite a
1: bit of
0: panic um, to some extent in China mm.
1: we're going to talk about Beijing's uh, chip making ambitions but really Ryan what you're highlighting here is a question that we've been talking about in fact last week we talked about this. The optimism behind China's reopening, how does that feed into the global inflation picture? When you look at the kind of uh, scenes uh, that are going on in China, you wonder how that's going to play out in terms of delaying a proper economic recovery. Now, uh, Japan and the Netherlands have agreed in principle to at least partially join the US in increasing controls over the export to China of advanced machinery to make semiconductors. What's this about? Yeah, it's another headache for China to deal with, right? So this is the
0: latest episode of a long- Long-running saga, the US versus China technology dispute. And now the Netherlands and Japan have joined the US on their side of the fence to also just go against China when it comes to selling them the technology they need for those advanced chips Hmm. and of course these go into many things smarter phones smarter cars and everything that you might need a smarter chip for so this is just causing i guess potential headaches for china down the road and of course headaches for any company including u.s companies Mm -hmm. selling to china in the chip space including the likes of intel qualcomm and so on so that is one area to watch out for and the next thing is going to be china's response what is going to be their response when it comes to this. So, apparently, China has filed a dispute with the WTO, the World Trade Organization, around how this is just unfair competition, uh, unfair business practices as well. So, this is going to be another long-running episode to watch out for because when you file something with the WTO, it already is dealing with many cases. So, there is a backlog. Plus... The US has the advantage of just appealing as well. So mm. this can drag on for years with no resolution, wow. like we've seen in many other cases. So it's not gonna be easy for China to get out of this fix unless they come up with their own technology.
1: Mm. Okay, well, watch that space and you know China, they've got the means to somehow come up with something like that. I seem to remember you coming up with this uh, headline some days ago. Elon Musk is no longer the richest person in the world. Is this an update? bit of deja vu and a bit
0: of an update. So, back then, it was briefly, he briefly lost his title. right. Because of the movement of his Tesla stock, which eventually bounced back during the trading session. But now they closed down big time, lower by over 6%. So, officially, as of the end of market close, he Mm. is number two. So, he is now worth $181.3 billion. Quite a lot still. I don't think he's going to lose any sleep over this. He is now $4.9 billion less than the new number one which is Bernard Arnault who is linked to the LVM page company which of course sells Louis Vuitton so this is I guess a case of different contrasting fortunes right you've got that thirst and appetite for larger goods Um, and of course LVM page has been doing relatively better than Elon Musk's Tesla and Tesla's stock price instantly have been down since he announced that Twitter deal for many reasons and among them is how he has had to do a leveraged buyout of his uh, Twitter purchase. So this is now seeing a lot of speculation that he might need to sell more Tesla shares to help offset the, the losses at Twitter yeah. potentially, so seeing a lot of speculation about how that might happen and investors just selling first and asking questions later.
1: Yeah, it's a bit about uh, where you're putting your attention, right, Tesla or Twitter. All right, thanks a lot, Ryan. Ryan turns at 7.35 for the Finance Update. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.